Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Wrestling Daily with myself and SB3. Once again, no Alex McCarthy today, he is once again in Abu Dhabi, not once again, he's still been there, he just hasn't returned home yet. Um, so he'll be back next Tuesday, so in the meantime it is myself and SB3 uh, going to be talking a lot of news today. Uh, we've actually got a cool debate planned. Bit more of a positive one, which I, I, we always like here on the Wrestling Daily. Uh, so yeah, SV3, how you doing, man? You looking forward to today's show? Absolutely. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. SP3 back on Wrestling Daily with the good brother, the prodigy of wrestling media himself, Louis Dan Gore. We got a lot of news to unpack, and it's debate night, so I can continue my Undertaker-like streak. It is getting scary, like scarily uh, strong, this undefeated streak. A bit worrying, but um, nonetheless, uh, looking forward to, to, to this debate, uh, which we will reveal later on. Uh, in the meantime, I thought we'd run through uh, the news that we've got to cover today. Um, we have quite a lot, actually. Um, so we have got Big E shooting on part-timers and how WWE uses them. Uh, the fact that WWE are hoping to have a, a pretty big number of fans at WrestleMania this year. Uh, how long each night of WrestleMania is possibly going to be. A WWE star being very unhappy with their booking. Uh, four new NXT, well, three new NXT signings been announced and one has been reported. Uh, people backstage being unhappy with Bruce Pritchard. Ty Valkyrie being done with Impact. Uh, private party of AEW turning up an impact and making a, a sort of a big name for themselves and news on a possible WWE producer returning to the ring as well as a lot more. We'll dive into the brackets for NXT, uh, the, the dusty uh, women's dusty cup, which I've just loaded into Streamyard now. Um, so yeah, we have a lot of news to cover today. So I think we should just dive right in talking about your favorite big E who has spoken on Busted Open Radio, and it seems like he's not too happy with not only how WWE uses part-timers, but how they sometimes use NXT call-ups. So do you want us, uh, do you want to run through what Biggie said? Yes, the current Intercontinental Champion, and of course my my prediction for winning the men's, uh, men's Rumble this year. He said on Busted Open Radio, you know how it is. They will go through a list of part-timers, of the big names, 
speaking about uh, the use of part-timers in WWE and big money guys who work once a year. They will go through this, and if they can't get all of those guys booked for that spot at WrestleMania, then it's like, okay, who actually works here on a weekly basis and has been grinding? And now maybe we can give him an opportunity. So it sounded, it sounded kind of, you know, um, passive aggressive a little bit like an undertone of that, but he, he was not speaking any type of lies at all. This is all the honest truth. He also seemingly took some shots at, uh, how some people call are called up to Raw or SmackDown from NXT. He says a lot of times what you'll see, and I won't name names, you'll see talent who are called up or brought in, and they're almost given too much too soon. Not that they don't have the ability, but as a babyface especially, I don't feel like I'm with you if you've been on the main roster two weeks and you already got a world title shot. So yeah, I mean, this was this was a lot of honesty from Big E from someone who uh, you know praises the power of positivity. There was a lot of positivity to to see right here. I mean, more the positivity of he is one of the guys that's grinding. So maybe if none of the big names are chosen for WrestleMania, he is going to be that guy that's inserted in there. But he seems to have some type of passive aggressiveness towards call-ups and the uh, part-timers of WWE. And I don't know about you, but the the way he worded it, it very much sounded like he was talking about Keith Lee. Like, getting called up, having like a WWE, like being inserted into that WWE title picture straight away. I can't remember the last time that that happened to a call-up other than Finn Balor. So, yeah. surely he's probably talking about Keithy. I don't want to put words into his mouth. And he said he wouldn't mention names. But I wouldn't be a proper journalist if I didn't do some sort of digging. And it, it didn't take a lot to sort of look at and be like, okay, chances are he's talking about Keith Lee. Which is definitely very interesting to see uh, Biggie say that, or at least allude to it. Uh, but as you say, he is not saying anything that is wrong here. He is not saying anything that we as fans don't feel, particularly with the old timers. It does seem like WWE goes, all right, who can we get here? Can Goldberg work the show? Okay, that's fine. Goldberg's here. We don't need to look at the current talent, which is a shame because we know how talented the WWE roster is, but I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. And we've spoken about it before on this show, you and I. When Goldberg returns and it shifts ratings, you can see why Vince goes to that. When the Legends return and you get the strongest rating you've had in like six months, you can see why they do that. So Biggie's not saying anything wrong, but I don't know if I would have said it. Put it that way. (laughs) If I'm looking to get that position at WrestleMania, I don't think this is the best time of the year to be making these type of comments. I mean, the bright side for him is that it's highly unlikely that Vince McMahon is listening to Busted Open Radio, even though it's a great show. It's just Vince McMahon that doesn't uh, fall in line with what he's usually listening to on the radio or watching. But we all know with WWE, it's a trickle-down effect. It'll hear one of the official's ears, and then it'll go to Vince, and then they'll be more hesitant to use Big E's in those in those positions. But Big E is the type of guy that, you know, he's talking about that's been grinding for so long. You know, I think that a lot of, you know, big-time names not being used at WrestleMania 35 is probably the reason why Kofi Kingston got his opportunity. But I do... Yeah. 
agree with you when it comes to the NXT call-ups. The only two that you could think of that were put into a proper top position is Finn Balor and Keith Lee right off the bat. Not saying that either one of them didn't deserve to be put in that position, but you can understand someone like Big E who's been working so hard for all these years, being a tag team wrestler and now coming back into the singles position, he might have a little bit of saltiness towards people like Finn Balor and Keith Lee who just get called up and two weeks later, they're universal champion or defeating Randy Orton. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, I mean, he didn't say it explicitly, but as you say, it, it, lo- looking at what he said and who fits into that Venn diagram, th- there's only two people. Um, uh, just a reminder, guys, if you want to get in your ultra chat, head on over to wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestle two. We're expecting, obviously, what well, I was expecting anyway, a little bit of a quieter stream today, given what's going on in, in America at the moment. Uh, so those of you that have decided to tune in and perhaps get away from the news for an hour, we do really appreciate it. And we'll be, we will be heading off on the dot of 9 p.m. UK time. Uh, so you guys can get over to Quizzlemania. Uh, and not uh, because we know. Listen, we love wrestling daily. If there's a chance, if there's an option of wrestle of Quizzlemania or wrestling daily, I think we're going to get shafted in the views. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so guys, if you want to get in your ultra chats, head on over to wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestle two. Your questions, comments, statements, whatever you want, we will be covering on today's show. So. I also want to talk about WrestleMania, which is obviously good news for fans that or good the WWE is looking to have the show at Raymond J Stadium, April 10th and 11th, uh, another two night event um, with with reports saying from PW Insider firstly that it's going to be two three hour shows, which is lovely. It is music to my ears that it's going to be two shorter shows. Fans will enjoy it. I mean, I would. Two, I wouldn't feel like if it was two nights of five hour shows, I'd probably be like, all right, I can go to one, but not both. But if I can afford it, I would probably go to both now. They're both three hours. Um, and uh, we have an hour report from WrestleVotes indicating that WWE is actually looking to have a quite a lot of fans there, especially considering what they've got now with nothing. And that this is going to start the sort of touring schedule back post WrestleMania. So uh, do you want to take us through what WrestleVotes has got to say? Yes, WrestleVotes uh, tweeted out, uh, WWE is planning on permitting upwards of 25,000 fans for WrestleMania on each night. The real internal discussions are what to do after. Some would like a soft reopening of the touring schedule for live TVs as continuing the Thunderdome post-mania comes with location headaches. So it's... uh, I didn't I didn't think that WrestleMania would be like the 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 reopening of the touring schedule. I thought that they would, you know, have it as an isolated one-time thing to bring fans back. But if it's a new like a new a start of a new season for the WWE getting out of the pandemic era, I mean, it's going to be a welcome sight for all of us that watch them on a weekly basis for sure. But I think that the location headaches as far as, you know, moving the Thunderdome, they're going to find similar headaches as far as trying to find places that can actually permit fans in at this point, unless they're going to do all their events in Florida where, you know, there is not the same restrictions. 
But as we've seen with AEW and doing Dynamite even just every two weeks, it becomes a hassle to kind of bring the fans back in. They're able to pop like a thousand people for full gear or winter is coming. But two weeks later, when they're back for Dynamite, it's not the same amount of fans. They have uh, pr pretty much like 40 to 50 percent down every two weeks. So. I don't know if this is going to be something that WWE is going to want as a headache for them to deal with. And I think that the location headaches as far as moving the Thunderdome are a little bit more reasonable than finding places that can actually permit fans on a weekly basis. Yeah, I, I think that the thing is we do have to remember with WWE and AEW, AEW is significantly smaller. So you are yeah. going to have a no, not significantly small in terms of as a company but in terms of like a the fan base it is smaller so you will have people that will probably want to come to watch shows um i mean especially wrestlemania considering so aw had a thousand fans at full gear wwe is hoping for twenty five thousand at wrestlemania which is a lot but considering the size of the venue like in terms of the proportion it's not actually that much in terms of like you know i think it's below 25 not below 25 percent. i think it's in between 25 and 50 percent, which is kind of nothing like compared to yeah. how fans will be able to socially distance uh stephanie mcmahon said on a recent sports panel that wwe is going to be oh sorry she said this to tmz that wwe is going to be looking towards uh super bowl next month which is at raymond james as a sort of guide for how things operate so wrestling fans i would probably have a look at that and be like, this is likely what we're going to see at WrestleMania, unless the situation worsens. Obviously, it's important to note that the plan now is to have fans, but given the current climate and how situa the situation in Florida isn't looking great at all and isn't looking like it's getting any better, this could change. We could be sitting here in three weeks saying, there's really no chance you're going to have 25,000 fans there. So it is going to be a constantly evolving situation. One that you say, and I think either situation, whether it's moving the Thunderdome or whether it's looking for venues that can have fans, you will have issues everywhere you go because in different places are going to have different rules. Different buildings are going to have different capacities and different, um, in terms of Thunderdome, different ability to sort of, I presume you need quite a modern uh, building, quite a modern venue to host something like the Thunderdome. So it is going to be a very interesting uh, next couple of weeks and next couple of months for sure. I sent off my email, my, my, my message to WWPR, and I was like, hey, is there any media at the show? And they were like, we don't know yet. I'm, <laughs> I'm not surprised. I don't think anyone knows anything yet. But to be fair, if they did know, I think that would be quite strange. It, it, the situation is going to be constantly evolving. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely it, – it was nice news to hear that there are going to be fans of the show. Obviously, we have said here about how we want it to be safe, but there is going to be something like hearing the fans of the show. It's, it's, it's going to be nice. And when we had, uh, so for a brief time over here in the UK, football stadiums were allowed to have fans back. And they have a capacity of around sort of between 30 and 60,000 fans. And there was only 2,000 fans allowed in the stadium. And wow. you could hear the difference. You could really hear. Even the 2,000 fans felt a lot. So I don't even want to know what 25,000 fans are going to sound like. I don't think it's going to be too different from like a normal WWE show, even though it's outside and it's the venue's not a full capacity. But yeah, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting fans back at shows on a regular basis within the next couple of months. 
Yeah, like we've been saying, as long as they do it safely, they have their restrictions in place. Because you see like a place like New Japan, who's been running shows for about six months now, they've gradually had to hit this point where they're able to have like, I think it was 12,000 uh, at Wrestle Kingdom uh, day one. So that was like the, the largest uh, attended wrestling event since this whole pandemic. They built to that. They were they go they went through their times of a hundred people in the building, just a thousand, two thousand, and then eventually for in the Tokyo Dome, they were able to have twelve thousand. To make your first event twenty-five thousand, I do agree with you. There's gonna be more changes as this go on. This is gonna be evolving. Twenty-five is gonna become twenty. 20 is going to become 15 and then maybe they could settle at like 10,000 to 15,000 for WrestleMania. I think that's more reasonable for this year. First big event, having fans back 25,000. I think that's just wishful thinking from Stephanie McMahon, who is known for her errant PR statements that she has made throughout her entire history. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it is going to be a constantly evolving situation. So one to definitely keep an eye on. Um, and obviously Wrestling Daily will keep you covered with the latest news. Um, another reminder, guys, if you want to get in your ultra chats, head on over to wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestling two. Any thoughts, comments, questions, anything you want, we will answer, debate, slash, whatever you guys want. Um, we have got another bit of news here um about nxt signings so today and i'm gonna get this up here wwe announced the brackets for the women's dusty roads tag team classic on the bump which i actually watched for the first time today and isn't that bad it's it's not great but it's not atrocious and there that was is, a couple that of is, things that's such approval it's not that bad <laughs> It could have been worse. I mean, it wasn't wrestling daily standards of virtual wrestling shows, but it really wasn't that bad. Um, and so, obviously, to break down the bracket, we've got Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm versus Casey Catanzaro and Kagan Carter, who we know that was going to be the match that was reported. Well, that was revealed on NXT last week. Uh, we have Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, who I would be shocked if they don't win this tournament, facing Aaliyah and Jesse Camilla, who I do not think will get in any offense uh, but will be good fun and this is where the bracket gets quite interesting so facing Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon who sort of uh, solidified themselves as a team last week we've got Marina Shafir but not Jessamine Duke who many people sort of speculated we've got Zoe Stark who WWE announced today that, that, that they signed so Zoe Stark I believe her former name was Lacey Ryan um, as someone who watches more wrestling than any other human being on the planet, uh, who's not, whose name is not Dave Meltzer, how much do you know about Lacey Ryan, um, or now Zoe Stark? Have you got any sort of information about her that you think would be interesting? I, would, I know she is one of the mainstays over at Future Stars of Wrestling in Vegas. Uh, that's a place that also highlighted Karrion Cross. Uh, and also uh, Chris Bay. So they, they've really uh, been adding to their list of alumni very well with uh, Kerry Across signing with WWE last year, uh, Chris Bay signing with Impact Wrestling last year, and now Lacey Ryan signing with WWE NXT. I haven't seen much of her, 
but she has a very nice physique. She's a more like a shorter, shorter size uh, female, 5'8 in, in stature. So she's going to have a nice uh, juxtaposition from a lot of the other ladies in the tournament. And I think that she's going to mesh well with uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon and bring some experience to that team because we know Marina hasn't seen that much time in the ring, but Zoe Stark is definitely a veteran. And if you're wondering why uh, Jessamyn Duke isn't in the tournament, uh, Fightful Select has posted an update on the matter, saying... Let's get that here. Uh, Many people have been asking about the status of Jessamyn Duke after she wasn't announced for the tournament. Duke hasn't wrestled since Raw Underground. We've told she's not injured and says she's been focusing on creating content for Up, Up, Down, Down. Duke was a full-time game streamer when she was hired by WWE and effectively creates digital content full-time for WWE now and was said to have preferred that role over wrestling in the current climate. We're told that um, NXT's plan was to start to have Shafir team with someone else and there was no imminent plans for Duke to wrestle or creatively figure into NXT's plans while she's hmm. working on Up, Up, Down, Down, which is interesting because I don't know if you remember, Aji, we'll just we'll, we'll put this up for the meantime while we talk about this and before we break down the other match. I don't know if you remember, but there were reports that Jessamyn Duke was actually the most... Sort of the 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 one of the four horsewomen, the, the four horsewomen that WWE was most high on. The one that was yeah. said to I think Meltzer reported that she was the one that was like, oh okay, th- this girl could be something really good. Um, so it's obviously surprising, but I mean, if if she doesn't want to wrestle in this current climate, then fair play to her. That's her call. Yeah, I remember there was like some talk or speculation uh, early last year when Raw Underground was brought in and they debuted on Raw Underground that it was going to be used as a vehicle to kind of push her, her more than uh, Marina Shafir. So um, it's very interesting that she wants to be more of a streamer. She does very well in that up, up, down, down. She's entertaining. So is Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler shows a whole totally different side of her when she's on those uh, Twitch streams. But if she feels more comfortable, especially with the current pandemic going on, you got to totally understand where she's coming from. And I think we're going to we're going to see Marina Shafir kind of sink or swim at this point, not having her someone that she kind of grew up in MMA and now in the wrestling business with by her side. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, she, so this um, Lacey Ryan or now Zoe um, Stark isn't the only debut. We've got facing Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. The team of Gigi Dolan and Cora Jade. Yes. Um, okay, there's some strange names. Uh, but those are going to be the names of Priscilla Kelly and Elena Black. I know Elena Black has done quite a bit of work with AW on Dark. And Priscilla Kelly is a name on the independent scene for a while um, who, who people have heard of who, who have enjoyed their work. Um, so again, I think two interesting signings for WWE, or three interesting signings for WWE. Um, some nice additions to the women's roster. Priscilla Kelly has got such a unique look. She is, she, I mean, for those that haven't seen, I've just got this highlighter here. So this is the color of her hair. It looks like this. That bright orange, she just stands out. She looks, this wasn't a planned prop, by the way. Uh, she looks different. She 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 looks unique, and I think that's important. And Elena Black is is young, uh, talented. I know that uh, from, from the matches I've seen of her on Dark, she's got a lot of upside. I mean, uh, Priscilla Kelly was part of the Battle Royal All Out. I think the first, yeah, the first yeah. All Out. Uh, she was part of the Battle Royal. So clearly, someone that was in that bracket of nice names that w, the AW were looking at. Um, but yeah, definitely good news to hear the WWE's making some signings. Uh, do you want to run us through what you know about Priscilla Kelly and Elena Black and maybe what fans can expect to see from them if they're not familiar with their work? Elena Black is uh, someone who has like raw potential. She's a graduate of the freelance uh, wrestling school in Chicago, Illinois. This is a school that has produced such talent as uh, Kylie Ray. This was the promotion that really started the started to kickstart the career of all ego Ethan Page. So that Chicago, when it comes to Chicago professional wrestling, freelance is kind of where it's at. And that's where she's come from. That's the school that she was taught at. She's also been featured on War your wrestling which is one of like the big uh independent promotions in chicago as well like you said she made appearances for aew dark and she has like a more like a goth type of uh gimmick she has like tarot cards that she used to use in the uh independent scene and she came out with like a mini casket so she's got a different kind of persona to her i don't know if that's going to be adaptable in nxt but like i said she's just a raw prospect now, when you talk about Priscilla Kelly, I, I said this in an article for Sports Kita Wrestling uh, last year. When it comes to like female talent, I thought that Priscilla Kelly was quite possibly the best unsigned talent in professional wrestling when it comes to female talent. I've seen her kind of grow up in the Evolve scene, going to independent shows out here in New York. Evolve was like one of the main ones that always visited us like every couple of months. And I kind of got to see her grow from just a valet to in the ring 
she has history with you know austin theory that's also in uh in nxt but she just has so much talent she's very hard hitting she can get on the ground she's kind of uh increased all of her style she can pretty much work any style in the ring one match that i would definitely tell everybody to go out their way to see from just last year was her and thunder rosa on uwn primetime live for the nwa women's world championship and that was possibly her best match that i've seen from her and i've seen her for a couple of years now but i like the fact that she changed her hair to the orange because before when she had the dark hair i kind of called her mini page because she had a lot of similarities to Paige when she uh, first got up into the WWE system. Yeah, we've actually got a comment here from Cactar. Uh, <laughs> Penny is basically the next page. That's what WWE probably sees. So I, I guess yeah. there are similarities there. Uh, and as you say, she is someone that a lot of people have pointed to whenever I've asked anyone, oh, who's someone? Because you look at, you look at the independent scene now, and it is obviously less stacked than it was three years ago, two years ago, even without AEW. So um, having Priscilla Kelly there, I, and I would ask people, who, who's someone that WWE could sign? And it was always Priscilla Kelly. She was the answer everyone went to. Um, so definitely a great signing for WWE. Uh, this follows news, actually, that WWE has made another signing, although this has not been confirmed yet, merely reported by PW Insider. So they are reporting that former Evolve Tag Team Champion Anthony Henry has signed for the promotion and he is going to be sent as expected to the performance center to uh, report to NXT and be part of that brand over there. Uh, I mean, another good signing, uh, Sean, I think reported uh, a couple of weeks ago that this signing season for WWE was going to be longer and every promotion for that matter. Yeah. Uh, contracts and what's going on with the wider world and the pandemic. So uh, definitely interesting news coming out that, um, I guess you've got WWE and AEW making well, WWE especially making quite a lot of signings in that regard. Uh, what, what do you know of Anthony Henry? Because from what I have seen, and I, I mean, I didn't see a lot of him before, but I, I, I looked on YouTube last night when the news broke. He seems pretty good. He seems, yeah. Yeah, he's more. He's his stuff is crisp in the ring. He's another guy that's very hard hitting. Another guy that uh, came up into the in the Evolve system, former Evolve Tag Team Champions with JD Drake. Uh, another guy that has a lot of history with Austin Theory as well. I mean, between him, I would say more Priscilla Kelly and Elena Black. I wouldn't even say this is like huge for WWE, but it's huge for WWE in the sense that it really hurts AEW because AEW, like you said, have had people like Elena Black before they had Priscilla Kelly at the first All Out. And the women's division really needed people, people like that, especially Priscilla Kelly. So in NXT, it's more like the rich is getting richer, but it hurts AEW in the long run, which of course is going to help NXT when it comes to, you know, what we care about as fans, the Wednesday night wars and the NXT women's division is just further furthering the gap between everybody else and their roster. But Anthony Henry is a guy that I think has a lot of talent and I, he, he just needs the right position because he's not a guy that has that much charisma and that much like might skills to me from what I've seen from him in the past. But if they find the right position for him, put him with the right person, I think they can get a lot of equity out of him. Yeah. And I mean, on the AWWE, you know, it's not like these talent are newly released. Yeah. Elena Black has been working a lot on AW Dark. 
So you have to question, why has AW not made a move to sign her? She's young. She probably wouldn't demand that high, of a, that high of a salary. Priscilla Kelly as well has done work for them before. I know she was formerly with Darby Allen and they've divorced. Pretend, I, I don't want to speculate, but I know they're still friends, but that could have made an had sort of an impact. Um, but yeah, I, it's not... For, it, you cannot say that these AW talent... The AW hasn't had the option to sign these talent. They've been there. They're obviously just happy with the talent that they do have, which, I mean, one thing about AW's women's division, no one is saying that the talent isn't there because the talent is most certainly there. It's more how the talent's been used. And I will say I was very critical of it, particularly last year over the summer. But I think they've actually made a lot of improvements with the women's division over the last couple of months, particularly with Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker coming back, Karashida, I think uh, Brandy Rhodes and Jade Cargill, obviously that was unfortunate that those plans had to be scrapped with Brandy getting pregnant. Uh, but, I mean, these things happen. Um, but, yeah, more positive news for WWE um, and in, in terms of their signings and the performance center just getting even more full than already was. Um, another reminder, guys, if you want to get in your old chats, head on over to wrestletalk.com forward slash wrestle2. And uh, before, um, so, so any questions, comments, or anything like that, um, we'll get into. But before we move on, I want to talk about someone that could be headed to WWE, could be headed to AEW, and that is Tyre Valkyrie. So she was uh, removed or sort of written off the Impact roster on actually a very stacked Impact show last night. I... I have to be honest, I watched the first show where Kenny Omega appeared, and I don't think Impact did enough to keep me hooked. So I was like, you know what, after the shows after that, I was like, you know what, there's nothing I can't watch later that day. But then when I was scrolling through Twitter, I was like, oh, wow, it looks like this show was pretty good. We had Matt Hardy there. We had Private Party there, which we'll get on to talking about later on. Um, but let's talk about Ty Valkyrie. Uh, do you want to run us through how they wrote her off TV? And even Impact teasing where tyre might end up with some uh subtle but not so subtle references to prisons uh just just great stuff here uh so basically this was the culmination of the who shot bravo storyline which me for one i've said it on my channel i haven't been a fan of them prolonging this or stretching this out but if this was the the end outcome then I'm all for it. So basically, uh, Tommy Dreamer and AC, Marrero, AC Romero have been investigating this whole case, and they found uh, the cologne that basically brings out the alter ego of Larry D, which caused him to shoot Johnny Bravo, that it was sprayed by none other than Talia Valkyrie. Talia Valkyrie being upset with her former manager, uh, Johnny Bravo, uh, basically wanted him out the way and not to marry her best friend, Rosemary. So she was arrested arrested by the, by the police following this due to her being aligned with the setup. And Tommy Dreamer acknowledged that Talia was going off to... Either, either WWE or AEW, it seems. He says, if she's lucky, she'll go to Jacksonville State Prison for what she did. If she's unlucky, she'll go to Stanford State Penitentiary for maybe two years with an option for three. Trust me, that'll change a person's soul forever. Great stuff. And then AC Romero uh, responding with, hopefully she doesn't go to the Baltimore uh, State Police, referring to Ring of Honor. Great stuff. Just a great a great uh, little little hints at where Tayo Valkyrie might be going. But this is 
a huge loss for Impact Wrestling. I think Taya has been one of the mainstays when it comes to the knockouts division. But, you know, all, all the support and the love towards her because she's great. She's probably one of the most underrated females in professional wrestling today. She's able to play a babyface, play a heel. She's more natural a hero because her charisma just makes her very unlikable. And instantly, after being a face for months, she became a heel in like a single segment. So that shows her talent right there. I think, of course, like we said before with AEW, they need the female talent. And I think an anchor like Taya Valkyrie would be huge for them. But if she goes to WWE, honestly, I haven't said this for any other female talent in WWE. I've said this for guys like Jay White. We saw what happened with AJ Styles. But Taya Valkyrie does not need to be in NXT. That's just That would just be too much for NXT. And they have too many females that would kind of be hurt by her being included on that roster. I think she instantly needs to go to Monday Night Raw and be aligned with The Miz and her husband, John Morrison. Because no matter where Morrison has been since leaving WWE, he can get a measure of success somewhere, but he is more successful with his wife by his side. Whether that's been in Lucha Underground with uh, him as Johnny Mundo and him becoming Lucha Underground champion with her by his side. Whether that's been in Impact Wrestling, he was able to make a successful heel turn with her by his side and really be the top heel in Impact Wrestling. And I just think her being by his side on Monday Night Raw would elevate him. It would elevate the Miz and Morrison. Maybe we'd get some comedy out of these comedy segments like the dirt sheet with Gilberg and uh Bernard from Santa Claus so I'm I'm hoping for the best I know a lot of people won't agree with me about Taya being on Monday Night Raw because they feel Raw is a molasses but I think that Taya is entertaining enough to make the Miz and Morrison entertaining and that says everything you need to know about her talent yeah she is so unique so different Uh, I mean if you if you pushed me for an answer I'd say she's heading to WWE. Um, I know that Ethan Page has left Impact as well. If I had to be pushed for an answer, I'd say Ethan Page going to AEW, uh, Ty Valkyrie's going to WWE. Yeah. I think Ty Valkyrie in the Royal Rumble makes so much sense as a debut in the Rumble. I think she's different. She is unique. You don't have the worry of fans having not watched Impact Wrestling because they won't be there. Yep. She looks, she, she, for those that haven't seen, she looks so different, so unique. And I think she'd be a great addition to the main roster. I think a way to bring her in would be the Rumble. I, I'd love to see it. I really would. Um, and obviously, best of luck to her. And I, I think the way to write her off was different. Impact didn't didn't ignore the fact he was going somewhere else. They they pretty much openly said it. And I think those that watch Impact Wrestling know, like, w- would get the reference. If, if that was on WWE TV, they were like, oh, Jacksonville State Penitentiary. I think that would fly over a lot of people's heads. Yeah. But I think those that watch Impact Wrestling, who will be the more hardcore fans, will get what that meant and that popped them. I mean, when I was reading through it this morning, I was like, okay, that, that's that's pretty funny. That's pretty neat. Um, and yeah, I think I agree with you. A reunion with Morrison makes most sense for her and most sense for Morrison, ultimately. And yeah. it's uh, ultimately spitting off into just a, a Morrison and Valkyrie um, sort of thing, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I'd be interested in seeing that completely. And I'd be shocked if we don't see her at the Rumble. Um, so while we were talking about Impact Wrestling, last night's show, as we mentioned, was pretty stacked. And uh, in the segment with the Good Brothers and James Storm and Chris Sabin, we had Matt Hardy come out with Private Party. And uh, that set up a number one contenders match for later on in the show. 
which uh, Private Party won with the help from Jerry Lynn, who was sat at ringside, sort of playing up this whole AEW versus WWE thing. And now we've got Private Party as the number one contenders, which I'm really, really up for. I, I tweeted, actually, on December 3rd, this deal, uh, obviously talking about AEW and Impact, will be great for guys like Top Flight, the Acclaimed, and Private Party, who can now go and get experience working in Impact. I've said for a couple of weeks on this show, that I don't think Private Party have made the progress that they should have made in AW. I think they will be usurped by guys like Top Flight and by the Acclaimed as the young tag team to come through AW. But I think this move is so good for them. They have been really hurt by the independence not being on, just not working that regularly, unfortunately. But them going to Impact Wrestling makes a world of sense. The match with Good Brothers will be really cool. You can have it play out over uh, the over the main roster. Oh, sorry, not the main roster over AEW and uh, Impact. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely like a oh okay. Well, now we're going to see. I think this last time the relationship between AEW and Impact, it, like during the last set of Impact tapings, it wasn't really a thing. So we we didn't see any crossover. But I would be shocked if we don't start getting to see these things every couple of weeks even. And it does make Impact TV so much more exciting. I think this is what fans were hoping for from the week after winter is coming when those sort of when the Impact stuff started. I think this is what fans really wanted from Impact Wrestling. And it, it was just great stuff last night. I really enjoyed the show, actually. Yeah, it, it felt like a show after a pay-per-view. And yeah. that doesn't happen on Impact Wrestling. Like you can you can watch the pay-per-view one day and then watch the next show. Sometimes something big happens. And I would say over the last like two or three pay-per-views, they've been really trying to have at least one major thing happen on the uh post the post impact episode of whatever pay-per-view they're coming off of. I know the Motor Scene Machine Guns won the uh impact tag team titles coming off of Slammiversary. And now you have this. This just had a sense of unprecedented unpredictability that is not you're not used to having with impact wrestling i've been liking a lot of like the little additions they've been making as well like having the piped in crowd noise and i know we we make the we make the complaint about it with wwe but you know that's because we are so far back from you know the performance center days when they first had to move there and it was completely quiet go back and watch wrestlemania i think we prefer the piped in noise to to that type of like quietness and that's how it was for impact wrestling a lot and i know a lot of people that tried out impact wrestling that was like the first thing that they that got to them you know i'm not used to this empty arena sound so having the piped in noise make a huge difference but that whole segment just was so big for private party because you know they have matt hardy by their side who has so much experience but they're walking in with like they've been one of the biggest acts in professional wrestling the good brothers as an extension of omega and uh callus and then two impact like hallmarks in uh cowboy james storm who just made his return and uh chris saban and to be in that match in the main event that was the match of the night it was just a fun tag team matchup that private party was able to look good and they didn't have to play heels because matt hardy did all the heel work on the outside you had tony khan making an appearance with his captain's log how much of a nerd tony khan is it just makes it makes me happy to be a professional wrestling fan when that is a promoter for a wrestling company a nerd a nerd just like some of us so it's always fun to see that there and then um jerry lynn being there due to his history with impact wrestling he's one of the pioneers of the x division i think that you know tony khan doesn't like to do too much on camera stuff so i think that that whole that was all put into place to have like jerry lynn be like the heel authority figure from 
AEW on Impact Wrestling moving forward. So I think that's why he helped the private party get the victory. But like I said, this episode of Impact just felt so so a lot more exciting than I'm used to on Tuesday nights. Yeah, and I think private party with a perfect choice for this they were yeah. the team that probably needed it the most um I, I don't know who else you could have put in that role that would have been better i think private party were just fantastic um so great stuff from uh from impact last night which is always good to see I don't know whether to be confused or find this amusing or what, or just laugh, but people are unhappy with Bruce Pritchard backstage. So WWE writers got a Christmas present from Bruce Pritchard. What a lovely man. He got them a Christmas present. But this Christmas present was, it was an Amazon gift card, which was wrapped in and sort of, it was, it was given to them in a, um, a something to wrestle with, envelope and card and with all with all of the the it's his podcast's logos this obviously upset people in wwe as particularly the writers but and they thought it was insensitive and inappropriate given that wwe has the third party edict for talent they're not allowed their podcast they're not allowed their third party ventures but oh vince's right hand man is allowed it and openly gloated about it just seemed like a bit of bit bit of a bit, just just don't do it just wasn't a nice thing to do really Nope, but that's Bruce Pritchard for you. Um, it, it seems very, uh, very self self involved. Uh, that's Bruce Pritchard for you. And if you listen to his podcast, none of this is really that that uh, surprising to me. To be honest, Bruce kind of seems like the type that would be oblivious to people taking offense to this. It's similar to the comments that he made a couple of weeks ago about the fans don't like change because he changed a couple of things and they didn't come back in droves. So he's he he takes things a little bit to the extreme. And whether that's putting it in his podcast uh, card envelope, I mean, I, I just can't, I can't even say it without laughing. It's very humorous to me that he was that oblivious that people might take offense to the fact that you still have your third party podcast, but no one can do a Twitch, a cameo, no nothing without potentially losing their jobs in the case of uh, Selena Vega. So, ah, Bruce, you gotta, you, you just gotta love his obliviousness. It is, as you say, just complete obliviousness. Um, but what can you do? Bruce gonna Bruce. Um, before we head into uh, the final bit of news, I thought we, we, we'd do our debate for today, which I, I pitched to SB3 and he responded within minutes with the perfect debate. Uh, we're going to be talking about who is the most underutilized wrestler in WWE. So not underrated, underutilized. Um, I've actually got the answer from Alex. I messaged Alex and said, who do you think? So we, we, we will reveal his as well. Um, but yeah, SB3, why don't you kick us off? Who do you think is the most underrated wrestler in W? Uh, sorry, underutilized. I, I I messed up my own uh, debate there. Who do you think is the most underutilized wrestler in WWE right now? Honestly, this answer probably changes changes for me every week because they utilize people sometimes weekly 
sometimes better than they do overall for a year. So if you asked me this last week, I probably would have said Cesaro. But, you know, as we saw on SmackDown, Cesaro is on a better a better path than he was a week ago. So I won't use him here. I would go with Chad Gable, uh, the, the artist formerly known as Shorty G, because, you know, someone with his size, you usually would say, okay, they don't have the mic skills. They don't have the charisma. And this guy is has really no flaws in the ring. He can work with anybody. He's technically proficient. He's got a lot of strength for his size. He can suplex anyone out the building. But you would say, like, charisma, and maybe he doesn't have the it factor. That might be the things that are stopping him. If you've seen Chad Gable in NXT, especially his introduction to NXT, those segments with Jason Jordan and stuff like that when they were creating American Alpha, this guy has it factor. He has charisma. He has an underrated sense of humor. And you've even been seeing it in his backstage segments with Otis and with Daniel Bryan using the hips. He's got charisma. He's got a sense of humor. He could talk on the mic. He's convincing on the mic. I just, I would never get the fact that he is so underutilized. Out of everyone that I could have said here, I don't think there's, they found spots for people like Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro. They kind of been tag team guys for the last couple of years. And even with Nakamura, although he hasn't hit the, you know, the stratosphere of WWE champion, universal champion, he's been US champion, intercontinental champion. All these other guys have found a spot in the mid card while Chad Gable up until this recent storyline with Otis did not even have a spot. He didn't even have his name. He, he was known as Shorty G. This like, it just boggles my mind that uh, they have an Olympian Olympian on their roster and they're not pushing him like he's the second coming of Kurt Angle, which he is pretty much because that's that was the kind of the potential that he's shown in those early segments on NXT. This guy has delivered in every role that they have given him up until this point. So I just don't understand why Chad Gable continues to be this misused. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think Chad Gable's awesome. Uh, we've got a comment here from Uptown Avondale quickly. When did this turn into Louis playing with his hair stream? Uh, just just piss off. Um, but no, I, I I do agree. Um, yeah, I will stop playing with my hair. No, it's it's uh, I'm really annoyed with my hair at the moment. It's just really I need a haircut basically. Uh, but yeah, I think I can't argue with anything you said about Chad Gable. But I think I'm gonna throw someone's name into the mix, and it's Alistair Black. I think he listen. Chad Gable's on TV. We or, and Alistair Black. He was in contention to apparently face Brock Lesnar at last year's WrestleMania instead of Drew McIntyre. He is one of the most captivating, talented, unique performers we've ever seen in in WWE. I think he is so good, so interesting, so different. I I really like him. I think he is so underutilized. He could he, if you if. He could be facing Roman Reigns right now. He could be a, a challenger for Drew McIntyre. And we're just getting him sitting on his ass at home. Um, it, I, the thing is, I, I understand. There are, there are a lot of names that you could put on this list. You could put Ricochet on this list. You could yeah. put Grand Metalik even on this list, who is one of the best high flyers in the world. You could rightly put Chad Gable on this list. You could put Cesaro on this list. I mean, even though he did just beat former WWE champion, potential Royal Rumble winner, um, uh, Daniel Bryan. Uh, but, I mean, the fact that uh, you could put Angel Garza, Andrade, 
But the fact that Alistair Black is not even he's not even on TV and the other guys are with apart from Andrade, the other guys are. And when you have a three hour raw, when you have a two hour Smack, Smackdown lesser because Smackdown genuinely there's not a lot of filler. Everything sort of makes sense. I mean, you've got the Ruby Riot and Talia stuff, which I'm I'm kind of past and I'm kind of done with. Um, but the fact that you can't find a, a 10 minutes for Alistair Black on a three hour show is, is, is awful. I, I think he is the most underrated and underutilized guy, not underrated because fans rate him, but yeah. underutilized guy on the roster for me, for sure. Um, Oh uh, yeah, I, I, but I, I want to see you guys in the comments. Who do you think? I've seen a couple of Chad Gables, a couple of Cesaros. Uh, just, just give us who you think is um, the, the most underutilized member on the SmackDown uh, or, or on the SmackDown or Raw roster, or even NXT. I think NXT does a better job of it. Yeah. That, uh, the, the main roster. Uh, Alex, or when I asked him today, um, he said Ricochet, which I understand. Yeah. Um, I think um, it could be doing a lot more. So when he did the Stars Clash thing yesterday. I said to, I showed it to my brother, and uh, he was like, "Oh, look! Look what happens when you put an athletic guy in the ring with another athletic guy, and look what they can do. They should do that more often." Yeah, yeah, they should. Um, I'm looking here at some more Samoa Joe, who's a very good shout. I mean, I don't, the thing is, I don't think he's not on TV right now because WWE's got nothing for him. I think it's more injury related. As yeah. a, obviously, he's on TV on commentary, but not in a wrestling capacity. I think that's more in terms of um, sort of because he can't wrestle at the moment. Uh, we've got Ali, which I, I agree with. I think Ali is great. I agree with that. Uh, we've got Fabian Eichner. Ooh. Okay. I like that show. I think Fabian Eichner is really good. I, I like that show a lot. It's a bit of a different one. Yeah. Um, we've got Alistair Black. We've got Ricochet. Uh, we've got Ali. We've got Tazawa. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a very good shout as well. Um, we got here a question from Norin. Is Black being punished by Vince because of Zelina? He's petty enough to do it. I don't think so because he wasn't being used well before. It was yeah. a similar thing with, with Lana when, when Lana was on TV. Uh, and she was being put through the table every week. Everyone was like, oh, this is a punishment. I'm like, she's being pushed more than she ever has been on TV. Like she is getting being in that position, like she they're trying to build her as a sympathetic baby face, it's just not working. Um, so I don't think it's a punishment uh thing in that regard. I think it's just more they don't see anything in him, unfortunately, which I can't fathom. I I, I can't comprehend, but we've seen it before and we'll see it again. Uh, we got Dominic Dijakovic, not Bieber. <laughs> Essentially, not too bad. Um, Sonia Deville, I think we would have seen this. I think we would yeah. have seen her not be like. I, I think if she didn't leave TV, which you know what, fair play to she, she chose to, uh, fair play. Uh, but yeah, I think she wouldn't be in this conversation if she was because she was starting to get those things. I reckon she'd probably be in the position that Carmela's in now, in that sort of position, challenging Sasha Banks. I reckon she'd be in that role. Uh, we've got Andrade. Yep, agreed. I think he's he had elective surgery after the sort of in the draft period, um, so hasn't been seen on TV since. Uh, yep, could be could be a great return for the Rumble, maybe. Who knows? Uh, Asuka, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. Mm. To see a champion, a, a a champion with two belts right now, be underutilized. But considering what 
considering what how she's booked as champion, it's really not good. She hasn't defended her title since uh, in like a long match since September. It's awful. It's absolutely awful. But um, that that's ridiculous. But I I think I gotta agree with you. Like Alistair Black was a good shout because he's not even on TV. And then when you look at his whole main roster run, they've never known how to use him. Whether it was in the tag team with Ricochet, when those two guys had enough momentum from NXT, they probably should have won the tag team title since they just like given away tag team title reigns to begin with. But then they split them apart, and then he sat in the room for like four months and waited for someone to knock on his door. And anytime they did, he had a great match with them. But there, it just it seems like ever since he got thrown off the roof by Corbin at Money in the Bank, he hasn't been involved in his own storyline or own feud outside of the couple of weeks he feuded with uh, Kevin Owens. And that was that's forgettable at this point now that Owens is in a feud with uh, Roman Reigns. So I think that he, he or Chad Gable would be the best shout. If I had to pick one from NXT, though, and, you know, we see he's starting to get momentum now and starting to get into a major role now, but... I'm a New Japan fan, and I got to go with Kushida because he's been in NXT for 18 months, and he's only been on one takeover. What the hell is going on there? Yeah, I, he he was one of the when it, when it was before his last takeover match. Just like well, his first, it was like, how has this guy never been on takeover? How has he never been in a proper feud? <laughs> it was just incredible. He, I agree with you. I think he is underutilized, but it's starting to. Uh, sort of get used more. I mean, Tucker forgot was even hired by WWE. I completely forgot about that. Um, Umberto Carrillo, yeah, doesn't we do anything? Um, Ruby Riot, they have no Ooh. idea how to use her. Yeah, I think she could be a good sort of someone with 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 a lot of potential. Uh, I think she's great. She's got a unique look. Um, who else have we got here? Banks, I don't agree with that. No, do not no. agree. That's poor that's the first first one I saw that I don't agree with at all. Poor comment that very poor comment. Um, Ilya Dragunov for NXT. I think he's doing well on NXT UK. Yeah, uh, doing very well on NXT UK. Uh, Buddy Murphy since the SmackDown stuff with, with, with Seth. Yeah, he's not really been used. We don't know why. Um, yeah, not much more to say there. I don't know, I don't know what's been going on there. Um, okay, let's, let's have another look. I mean, Louise Marie has put here Alistair Black would honestly be so good in New Japan. Yeah, I you think about the names that'd be good in New Japan. You've got Cesaro, imagine Cesaro in a G1. Oh my imagine god, Alistair Black in a G1. Imagine half the roster in a G1, it'd be so good. I think Cesaro is the one I'd really want to see in a G1, uh, but hopefully, I mean, with Cesaro, we're starting to see more. Of him being used with Shinsuke, I pretty I think he's going to turn on Shinsuke at some point, maybe leading to a Mania match, which would be awesome. Yeah, we got Morrison here, which I don't disagree with. I think no. for his role, he's really underutilized in terms of what his role is and how they're using him. I don't think is good at all. Um, you can't put Kashida in a feud. English isn't his first language. So possibly, how can he communicate with anyone else? The thing is, if this was main roster, I'd agree. But NXT shown with Asuka with. Shinsuke Nakamura. They're not opposed to doing that. Maybe it's different now they're on TV. I don't think that's the problem, personally. I know he's had some injury problems, uh, but uh, he sort of got caught in that moving over to the to the USA Network. But yeah, I don't think this is the main problem. Um, Walter. 
they need to do everything they can to get him to Raw or SmackDown. You so I think <laughs> that's a Walter thing, not a WWE thing. I think yeah. WWE probably wants him on Raw or SmackDown. Walter are just like, no, I'm all right. I'm no, I'm fine. Which fair play to him. Doesn't want to do it. Fair play to him. Um, but yeah, th- there are some definite, definitely some good uh, suggestions there in the comments. Um, before we head out of here, there is a little bit more news coming regarding Nikki Cross and a promo she cut uh, on this week. This week on social media, where she said, "Honestly, I wouldn't even try to talk to me today because you're not going to get that big smile of mine that you always get today. Because I'm angry and annoyed, and I don't want to talk about New Year's resolutions or finding my happy place. The Royal Rumble is right around the corner, and have zero momentum going into it." I have no momentum to even win it, so I'm absolutely fuming. And the only things that stop me from getting even more angry is focusing on this ring and being the best I can in it. So Nikki Cross is a bit fired up. I mean, she she's someone that's underutilized. She is she was yeah. great in Trinity, great. I thought they'd do more with her and Alexa Bliss. I think that could have been a pay per view feud. Um, but yeah, just a little bit disappointing that uh, they haven't used her more. And hopefully we see more of that. I, I, she'll be in the Rumble because, unfortunately, like the men, unlike the men, WWE doesn't have the option of going like, all right, we, we just won't put you in the Rumble. They just don't have enough women to, 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 to be selecting people. Every woman on the roster that isn't a champion will be in the Rumble without question. Um. So, so yeah, I, I, ooh, we had to have a controversial comment here. She was only good with sanity. I disagree with that, and I presume you will too. I firmly disagree because I was going to say this, that they have never gotten the Nikki Cross character correct on the main roster. As soon as she went to the main roster, she lost every semblance of that sanity character to her. She became bubbly and friendly with uh, Alexa Bliss. She became Alexa Bliss's lackey, her Ed McMahon on A Moment of Bliss. And she's not Reba, so she can't pull off the laugh like that. So that was not the best role for her. Nikki Cross has had incredible matches in the past with Asuka. She's had good matches in the past with Bianca Belair. They just never seen gun ho on pushing her to that level and she's basically the the jobber to the stars it is that's kind of been established as a role from last year with the countless amount of times that she got a shot at bailey just to lose when everyone knew she was going to lose because we were built into bailey and banks it just hurt her so much and so i understand her frustrations at this point i just want them to just Give us a little bit of sanity, Nikki Cross. Just a little bit. Don't give us the whole bunch, but just a little, please. I completely agree with you. Couldn't agree more. Um, all right. I, I, I think we'll wrap up there as Quizlemania starts in a minute. Um, guys, thank you so much for being part of the show today. Really enjoyed it with you guys. I know there's a lot going on in the world at the moment, particularly on the US side of things. So thank you for spending a bit of time with us having a bit of fun and breaking down the news and notes in professional wrestling and joining the debate. Um, yeah, uh, thank you very much, SC3, for joining me as well. You'll be back next week. Actually, not with me. You'll be with Alex McCarthy. I really enjoyed doing the shows with you. Uh, so, yeah, thank you very much for stepping in when um, when it's been needed. Uh, guys, thank you very much as well for being part of the show. I'll be back tomorrow with Steph Chase. Uh, in the meantime, make sure you head on over to Parts of Unknown check out Quizzlemania uh, and make sure you uh, also check out uh, SP3's YouTube channel uh, True Hill Heat and follow him on Twitter guys thank you very much and we will see you soon
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.